0: Hey guys, thanks for listening in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And we hope you enjoy. Congratulations, Brian. On what? (laughs) On our podcast, Becoming a Teenager. (laughs) And we're live. (laughs) Episode 13, you guys.
1: Episode 13, The Baker's Dozen.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Still getting lots of feedback. I always want more, though. I want more.
0: Yeah. It's like that with things. (laughs) (laughs) I say that every time I have a glass of whiskey. (laughs) We're going to be covering a lot of fun stuff today, you guys. Uh,
1: taxation. <laughs>
0: taxation. Kevin's least favorite thing about politics. Nah, it's not my least favorite thing about politics. What
1: is What is your least favorite thing about politics?
0: All the nonsense.
1: Ah, come on. No. Like, what Like a, an actual political topic that you hate more than taxation.
0: DNC and RNC. <laughs> <laughs> I got more. Keep it coming. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say... Um, the inability for the two uh, sides of the aisle to come together and actually, like, do something worthwhile.
1: Okay. The Does that lack count? Of, yeah, the lack of bipartisanship. Yeah, for I, sure. I, Okay.
0: You don't seem satisfied with that. What's your least favorite thing about politics? Talking about them with me and realizing that I'm right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly... I think a lot of times is the destructive forces behind policy when you don't even realize it. Like, right. you're being sold one thing, and it turns out to be an entirely different thing. Yeah. I think that's a very good thing to not like. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, tonight we're going to be covering, like we said, something Speaking Kevin Speaking of, like.
1: taxation. <laughs> taxation, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: we're going back to the Jeffersonian model and not taxing anyone.
1: Which, I mean, at this point, you and I both want to plug it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You, oh, gosh. We're going to do it
0: again. And I just want to let you know, Ashley Flowers, we are the reason that your podcast now has advertised. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. The Very but
1: Presidential Very podcast.
0: Presidential Podcast is great, guys. You need to go check it out. Uh, they did uh, Thomas Jefferson this week. and yeah. it, was, it was good. It was really good. It was really good. And
1: you know what? Uh, one of our listeners, Michael C., messaged me saying, hey, saw your post on Facebook because I listed some other podcasts that have yeah. interested in me because... I'm now like a podcast junkie about listening. Oh, absolutely! And, and a to be a listener, but also be critical of ours. And Michael C was like, I listened to Very Presidential because of your recommendation, and I'm hooked. Like oh, he was God. just hooked instantaneously. It's so I'm good. Like, Everyone will enjoy it because it has the 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 factual background of like a history book, but it's being told by someone that does those crime stories. So the story just is told so well. Yeah,
0: it's almost like someone's giving you history, and you're out having a beer with them. You know what I mean? It's like, but not that,
1: quite drunk in history on right? Comedy
0: Central. I love that show so much.
1: <laughs> and then Frederick Douglass said,
0: yeah.
1: "Why are you doing this, man?" Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! And now back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we will be talking about taxation. Uh, more specifically, we're going to talk about a, moving to a progressive tax here in Illinois. So this is going to be a little bit more local yeah. for all of our uh, international listeners.
1: You're going to understand a little bit more about Illinois policy. yeah,
0: and how we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, tonight we're going to briefly touch on the Hatch Act. Uh, we've been meaning to get to that, um, you know, just kind since
1: of since the RNC, yeah,
0: yeah, basically. Um, and then also we are going to end it off with some kind of, I guess, breaking news, yeah, that the just bombshell, kind of, yeah, today. that just kind of fell into our laps today. Um, happened to be on the day that we record. So we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's conversation about coronavirus.
1: And yeah, in Bob Woodward's leaked audio tape. So unlike The Atlantic, we can't say, oh, those are anonymous sources. This source is Donald Trump himself. Yeah,
0: or someone impersonating him very well. <laughs> <laughs> Deepfake. Uh, Brian, where do you want to start tonight? do you want to get it out of the way and just start talking yeah, about, yeah let's
1: i mean let's talk about what is a progressive tax right and it's something that
0: what and why don't we start about start with uh just so everyone knows too if you're not from Illinois um or if you're from Illinois and you don't pay attention attention to your taxes which is fine um, you should though um, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I just shot Kevin a glance. I was like, no, don't advise oh, our I, audience to not worry about their taxes. No, they I wasn't
0: saying that. I was saying you should be listening and you should Such be paying attention. a libertarian move.
1: Don't worry about your taxes. No, that's it's not. it. theft. That's
0: yeah. I was going to say, I, I do worry about my taxes. <laughs> so we have a, we currently have a flat tax, which, right. um, is perfect for someone like Brian who wants equality for all. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> um, But a flat tax is basically across the board; everyone gets taxed the same percentage. Right. Um, If you are the uh, least wealthiest person in Illinois versus the most wealthy person, Mm -hmm. Um, and what we would be switch or what we're going to be voting on November third here in Illinois is whether or not we can switch that to a progressive tax.
1: And the federal model right now is a progressive tax, where based on the income bracket you fall in, you pay certain taxes on. Now, as you climb up that bracket, the amount above a certain threshold is what gets taxed. So um, I've always been a big fan of progressive tax. I think we need to continue making higher brackets than the current, I think it's 37%. It was 39% under Obama. And then Trump's tax cuts brought it down to 37 as the highest amount. Correct. And the reason I'm in favor of that is it... It provides more money to the government to then supply and, and, and do what it needs to do to function. As we've grown into this global economy, we've needed a larger and larger government to regulate it. We need to fund that government. Now, Illinois is one of what? How many states? Five, six? I think six, it's four or five. Yeah, that have a flat tax. And right. they've, they raised the taxes, I think, in... Like one time since 2010, up to about 4.95 percent, right it's, around 5 yes. percent. Yes, and we have never really gone towards a progressive tax until right. now. Pritzker's current um, policy provision, what he's trying to get approved on November 3rd.
0: Yeah, and just to be um, to kind of set it up here, um, most of the other states who have a flat tax have some sort of another taxation or some sort of uh, natural resource that kind of offsets um, the money that they're not making off of income tax. Um, You see places like Florida who just have no... Don't they have...
1: They have no no state income tax. Yeah, no state income tax. Or taxes.
0: Right, but they make up for it with property taxes or something of the sort.
1: Yeah, much higher property taxes and uh, higher sales tax.
0: Correct. Correct. Uh, Wyoming, which Illinois? Illinois has one of the highest sales taxes out there too, which is ironic.
1: Right. Uh, Wyoming and Alaska were the ones that you're t- kind of talking about where they offset all of the property uh, property costs and and income costs by the natural resources right. produced by heavily oil
0: based. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois, we don't really have that. I mean, we have farms. We have soy. Yeah, a whole lot of soy <laughs> and a whole lot of corn. Uh, <laughs> not not. We need more t-
1: veganism oh gosh, in, in yeah. the United States for that um, to take off.
0: And so, what are your thoughts on the progressive tax, Brian?
1: So, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of it on both the federal and state level. Absolutely. I think I uh, mm-hmm. it's it's something that needs to happen at the state level. We look at some of the most productive states in this country. We look at California, and New York, and they have progressive taxes that go up upwards of 13.3% in California. Anyone over a million dollars pays 13.3%. Now, that's not 13.3% across the board. Correct. It's it as goes you as climb you It's climb after like up. your millionth
0: dollar. Right. Or
1: so one thing people get wrong is like, oh, I'm paying 13% on that million dollars. No, if you make a dollar more, than a million dollars, million dollars yeah. you're going to pay 13 percent state tax on that dollar, so right. you just lost 13. Cents. And usually
0: it's like after the 999,999th dollar, you right. know what I mean? So like a million and up, and yeah. then you know.
1: So you're you're not paying 13.3 percent the whole way across. Whereas in Illinois, it's for it's the 4.95. No matter how much you make, if you make, you know, a million, ten billion, whatever the case is in Illinois. You will only, at a max, pay 4.95%. Right,
0: and what that kind of results in is your your lower and middle ca- class kind of paying a majority of the taxes for the state. You know what I mean? Or paying more of their income is what I should say.
1: Right, it's more impactful against them.
0: Right, right. And so what this progressive tax would do is it would essentially, um, for I think it's something like 90% of Illinois residents would see either no raise in their taxes or lowering of their taxes. So it would put a heavier burden on the wealthy and ultra-wealthy people in Illinois. And for those of you that, again, don't live in the state, uh, we have a lot of issues here with not only— Well, well, not only that. I was going to say with debt you know what I oh, mean yeah. and, and pulling funding from schools and losing for school programs and things like that because we need to allocate money here elsewhere and we'll kind of i think get into this a little we'll bit later but um, we also suck at following a budget and creating a budget how many years ago was it that uh, we could it, we didn't even it was no idea. Yeah. But we had a, an issue. It was probably like four or five years ago where um, there was basically they were pulling grants. Oh, they weren't paying grants yes. because it wasn't. Pritzker. That was, who was before. Pritzker? It was Rauner in Madigan. Thank you. Yeah. Off. Yeah. And they were basically facing facing off, not paying the um, oh, what grant is it? It's not the Pell grants I was it? going to say Pell, but it's I think not. it's not. But yeah, there's there's a grant that they allot in Illinois that's basically helping kids go to school, college. Yeah um and they they weren't paying it to schools well and we got they we got in such dire
1: shape that the lotto didn't even have money to yeah. pay out yeah uh and and it, it became a thing like you can't even win the lotto in yeah and that. the amount
0: of money that they're talking that we could make from this is something it, it, i mean i've seen a couple of different figures but it's anywhere from like two to three billion dollars is what we would, yeah you know what i mean and and that's again you're cutting taxes for some of the the lower middle class folks and and increasing it you know, just on those wealthy people. Um, and again, my feelings on taxes aside, um, uh, I'm going to actually come out and say, I think that this is a, a good idea for the state. Um, I know
1: I'm shaking my <laughs> head. I'm, I, I, I agree. We, we, our
0: state's in shambles right now, man. In, you know what I mean? There's a reason why it's something like one in four people in Illinois. Or no, 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 it's one person every four minutes moves out of Illinois is what I was reading today.
1: Well, and that's another thing. And people are going to say, oh, they're raising taxes. More right. people are going to leave. No, and that's not. actually not the case. We see this in Minnesota, which has a very, very right. high progressive tax. It, it was like uh, 9 point something percent. And what ended up happening when they instilled that is there was job growth in Minnesota. Yeah, And the reason that can happen is when the government is you know, getting more money, it's balancing a budget. People are comfortable. It starts to slowly build up. And you're also taking the burden off of the middle and lower class. Which is your biggest spending class too. I was just going to say, whether it's federal or state, if you lower the taxes on the middle and lower class and put the marginal progressive taxes higher against the wealthy, and it's not like, oh, I hate wealthy people. I want people to get rich. Hell, I would love for this podcast to help <laughs> to Kevin and I me get me rich. rich. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong, but I would love to also be so rich that I'm paying millions of dollars in taxes because I'm making tens of millions then.
0: Absolutely. And I, I do want to back up just for one second because I got my, my, my uh, fact wrong. It's actually 97% of people would see no change or lowering.
1: Okay. And I want to go back to that. <clears throat> you can actually go to the, government, the Illinois government website and check how this would affect you. Yes, I would be saving one hundred and thirty three dollars in state taxes. Oh, that's huge! So, and and it sounds funny, but shoot, I could take my wife out to a nice dinner for once.
0: <laughs> or you could buy broadcasting uh, microphone arms. For this well, when podcast. you yeah
1: yeah that would be <laughs> yeah we've been getting some criticisms of my audio and I I, I just need constructive to do a job. criticisms. Yeah, very good. We love it.
0: We yeah, love seriously. It.
1: Uh, we 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 got
0: one just from a sound a sound engineer and I like. Brian, I text Brian right away after I get these, but it was, I mean, I'm like, Brian. And it was Brian. a new
1: listener this time, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were uh, really excited. It, it was a former classmate of mine. I believe her father uh, started listening in, and I don't know if she recommended it, but Lauren D., thank you for recommending if you did, or it was I did a targeted Facebook ad for the first time. Yeah. So we're starting to put money into this, so we appreciate yeah. all the support you give us. But going back to the taxes, right? I really feel that, as Kevin pointed out, we're this relatively blue state.
0: Oh, yeah. That was off air.
1: Yeah, off air. Uh, we're I said, a- how
0: could such a liberal state not have a progressive tax?
1: <laughs> yeah, th- that was a good paraphrasing. Yeah, and, I said uh, much more. <laughs> it's it's baffling to me that we've been in such dire straits. I believe our, our uh, credit is dropping dramatically oh, every year because yeah. we've continued to pile on the debt. And, you know, the coronavirus is only going to impact that further. So we need to start making adjustments now. Oh, it it already has
0: because of the amount of money that they've had to pay out for unemployment.
1: Yeah. And and this is a progressive move, right, to progressive tax. It just makes sense. Now, there's a lot of issues people are having because they hear tax increase and all of a sudden they freak out. And as Kevin pointed out, this affects 97% or so and less. Like people are not going to be impacted the way they think or what certain groups, you know, super PACs are starting to put out this messaging that, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're going to see your taxes go up and they can do whatever they want. Now, I will say Illinois has not been the best about, like Kevin said, setting a budget and sticking to it. So here we are saying we're going to raise the taxes. We're going to have more, you know, revenue for the state. Right. What are they going to do with it?
0: That's where my issue lies is because I just don't trust the Illinois government to properly manage our money. You know what I mean? So that would be my biggest, one of my biggest critiques. Um, uh, my other one is going to be this is like, I always, uh, and now I am w- not wealthy by any means. Um, I'm rich in character though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and family, got a great family. Um, but, uh, I I'm I always kind of fight for those wealthy people. I feel as though they've done they put in their work for the most part and you know what I mean? They I do feel like they deserve that wealth. Um that being said, I do feel as though this is this could be something that could be great for the state as long as it's managed properly and I think part yeah. of that is going to be getting the right people into I agree. uh government and out of Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think I, that there's one person in particular that's kind of effed our budget.
1: You're talking Madigan? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I agree that the Madigan power structure needs to be demolished.
0: You know what it reminds me of? What's that? What's the name of the people that own the Bears? Is it like the McC- McCaskies. McCaskies. Yeah. Just get them out of there, and I think the Bears will start winning. I think it's the same thing. If we get Madigan out, we're going to be moving in a, <laughs> in a good decision. There you go. That was my one sports reference. And as uh, you guys don't know, but Brian knows, the only sport I watch is hockey. <laughs>
1: Like a true Canadian that you are.
0: I. That's an insulting sir. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) No, Kevin's not from from Canada. But I think Madigan has been an issue. Yes, absolutely. I think Pritzker has gotten a lot of criticism unnecessarily. And I think he's done a relatively good job of managing the coronavirus issue in Illinois. I mean, we were one of the first green states, quote unquote, green states to open. Like we were given the green light. We followed the protocol. We were the only one to follow all the protocols and guidelines before reopening. So, or starting that reopening. So I think Pritzker is definitely forward thinking. I mean, this would affect him more. So, right. right? Cause he is a billionaire and this yeah. would affect him uh, in a way that, you know, usually politicians are trying to finagle it where they're not directly affected by these types of moves. So yeah. I think that's an interesting point and something that needs to be acknowledged. Kevin, do you have any issues with the current fair tax you know, policy change?
0: No, I mean, I'm, uh, do I have any issues with the way that it is now, you mean?
1: No, like the way it's rolled out. Because there's one big criticism I keep hearing that even I was a little yeah. hesitant. Are you, gonna ta- are, you t- are you
0: talking about businesses? Well, you, you can I'm, talk I'm, businesses. I, yeah, I mean, it's... It, the one thing that everyone's kind of like saying in opposition to this is that, you know, it's going to drive business out of Illinois. I don't think that's the case because one thing that Brian and I didn't touch on here is that it is going to affect businesses. So they're going to do it, they're going to be increasing tax on taxation on businesses as well. I think they're capping it at something like, um, 10.45% or something like that, um, on what they pay on their income taxes as well.
1: Yeah. There's a ratio that can't be, uh, Overweighted, I guess, as in terms of the taxing of people versus corporations, um, but I don't think it's the the type of taxation that would drive out businesses because Chicago has quickly become this hub behind, you know, the San Francisco and and Silicon Valley has the tech hub, and <clears throat> New York has a lot of you know Wall Street and finance. We're kind of in that middle ground where we get a lot of the tech and you know finance type uh, businesses in Chicago and stuff like that. I don't think businesses are going to flee. And in general, this isn't going to directly affect a lot of small businesses that yeah. are making like $250,000 in profit.
0: I mean, if you look at the taxation in California, and there's businesses that stay there. Now, although many big businesses are moving out of California now and, and choosing to switch to places like Texas, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's for other reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really think I, I'm going to agree with you, Brian. I mean, we give so many tax breaks to, uh, to businesses in Illinois. I mean, think about like Sears. Um, I mean, they didn't pay any, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it is. They're just down the street from where Brian and uh, Brian and I record though. Um, and I want to say that they from were Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Hoffman estates. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were waived on their, I think, property taxes for, for a long, for yeah. a long, long time. They have a huge, like, Sears. The Sears Holding headquarters is in Hoffman Estates. Yeah. It's massive. It's a massive complex, um, you know. And
1: well, and similar to like McDonald's and stuff like that. Right. Sears was not only like, oh, this retail operation, similar to how McDonald's is this, mm-hmm. you know, fast food industry. It's it became like this real estate complex, right? It was yeah. buying up land and, yeah. and developing it and stuff like that. So. You know, to have the tax break in Illinois on land, of course, they jumped at that. Right. And that's that's something you can kind of do is a way to increase business, you know, uh, to come into your state is give them those sweetheart deals. But then again, like how much of a sweetheart deal do you give? Right. Because you still need to generate that revenue. Like if you're going to up the taxes and then say, oh, well, we want you to come here. You don't have to pay taxes. Well, what was the point of upping them in the first place? So. Right. There is there is a, a balancing that has to happen and that usually And I'm not
0: opposed to those kind of sweetheart deals. I think no, it's yeah. you know what I mean. It's I think that and just to take a little swipe at you here, Brian— okay. I think that AOC wasn't kind of a dum dumb for not um uh, letting Amazon go into her district.
1: Well, I I I dis I agree. Because they disagree. were they,
0: they were offering sweetheart deals for them to come yeah. into town, and, and I think have, her
1: biggest pushback was: is what are they bringing? What kind of jobs? jobs. are they bringing? Well, ten dollar an hour distribution center jobs aren't. I
0: think they pay higher than that. I want to say it's fifteen bucks an hour.
1: Yeah, they're So Amazon actually just released that they're going to be hiring like I think a hundred thousand people globally, and thirty three thousand like yeah. in the next like quarter. So it's not like, oh, in the next year we're going to hire – like in the next quarter. Yeah, we're talking about a four-month period. Yeah, and the corporate jobs are starting at a nice package. So for anyone listening and you're in the job search, like Amazon's looking good right now. Yeah, absolutely. But they kind of have to after how much they profited over the last year.
0: Yeah, I know that a lot of people also were concerned with you know kind of like a a bracket creep happening too.
1: Yeah, so the idea here is they have to actually amend the Illinois Constitution because in the Constitution it says – you know, the legislative and executive branch can change the taxation, but they cannot go anything that isn't flat. So they wanted in the Illinois Constitution, it says it has to be a flat tax. Whereas now in order to create a progressive tax system in Illinois, they have to make an amendment. Correct. Right. Because once the only way to make a change to law when it's an amendment is you make another amendment Correct. similar to prohibition. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we had the uh, we had the amendment, the 18th 18th eighteenth, eighteenth, and then the twenty first. Repealed 21st. it. Real good way to remember that is you become an adult at eighteen and you can start drinking at twenty one. That's how I taught my students. That's exactly how I remembered yeah. it. Yeah. So the eighteenth amendment, you know, prohibition. They had to repeal it with an amendment to make it go in effect. So some people are up in arms, like, "Oh my god, this is going into the amendment." I got a pamphlet from uh, the Secretary of State Jesse White's office. Um, it was signed. I don't know Ooh. if it was really signed by him, but I'm going to say it was. It was
0: stamped. <laughs> you know what I kind of like about this, though, is... Cause... He also signed
1: my driver's license. That was nice of him. <laughs> I did, too.
0: So it's like you guys signed a document together? Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one thing that I think is cool about this is, like, because um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, they don't have to let us vote, like, the people vote on it. They could have passed it. They could have passed it through. Um, And they, at least what I thought I read, uh, I do a lot of things during the day, but, um, (laughs) but it's kind of cool that we, we, the people of Illinois get to have the final say in this.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, in order to pass a progressive tax, they needed to make an amendment. So we actually have to vote on that. I think we have to pass it by 60%. Okay. Uh, But they could have raised the taxes altogether and basically just jumped it because, but then, you know, the way you handle that is. You put people in office that you agree with their taxation policies on, right? So, oh, my my district guy or gal raised taxes and I didn't agree with that. Well, then vote them out, right? Right. So that's the way to kind of attack that. If, if you don't agree with the, you know, hike in taxes for you, vote someone else in that would, would vote against this, right? Absolutely. So I was kind of surprised uh, that you... We're in favor of this. I'm delighted. I think you realize yeah. that our budget is in such dire straits. That yeah, and part part of, part of it's
0: dip. part of it's selfish because I fall into that group that'll either have no increase or I'll save money.
1: Yeah, like I said, I actually went to the Illinois Gov website. I I don't know the exact website, but you can uh, Google, you know, how does the fair tax affect me, and it'll take you to the website, and it'll you type in how much do you make and right. Are you single, married? Are you filing jointly? And all those little yeah. normal tax questions. You don't have to actually give your tax information. It's all hypothetical. You plug in the numbers and you see what how it affects you. Right. And like I said, it, it would affect me in a good way.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but that's also why there's big money being spent on voting no. And I'm starting to see those lawn signs vote yeah. no and stuff I think like if, we're, that.
0: if we were speculating, though, I, I don't see why it wouldn't pass. You know what I mean? If you're talking about 97% of people not being affected...
1: But there's... So I agree, but the the messaging right now yeah. is definitely gearing itself as this could easily ramp up your taxes the next year. Like, you don't know.
0: It could. I mean, it, they could already do that, though.
1: Well, they're saying, like, it's going to affect your taxes. It's going to affect Kevin's taxes. It's going to affect Brian's taxes. That's how they're presenting it from the opposition right. side. Yeah, uh, The Republicans are – this is becoming a partisan issue. Uh, the Democrats are falling on the yes to the fair tax rate or the fair tax policy, and then the Republicans are falling the other way. And the messaging from, from the Republican side is saying... Which
0: is pretty standard, which again is why I think it's so baffling that we don't already have it.
1: Yeah. If, if people were to vote based on party regarding this taxation, I would be surprised if it didn't pass. However, people hear higher taxes and all of a sudden they hear this messaging, you know, the the... the Vote no, and you see those, you know, damning commercials that are going to be playing like crazy. Oh yeah, they are because the money is coming from that side.
0: You know, what's surprising is they're all over YouTube. I haven't seen. I mean, I don't watch a lot of television in general, but
1: well, me neither. That's where I'm seeing a lot of it. And
0: you know what I mean? Mm. They have their algorithms too. So, like, you know, when I was researching it, I'm sure it's like, hey, you should watch this video. (laughs) Hey, maybe
1: I should. Do you want to learn how to podcast? Watch this video. Do oh you want gosh. to know more about the Fair Tax? But like that's all I see. Oh seem, yeah, yeah. Seem yeah. to get now and grip six belts. I thought oh, those were yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought those were so cool, and I watched a full ad. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the algorithm tweaked me.
0: Guitar Center is just all over my feet. <laughs> it's because I look at it like it's porn. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Brian video or pictures all day of like the, the check new, out the, this stand. The, oh, this mixer. We got to get this mixer. <laughs> hey, which is, you know what? Which is uh, becoming ever more possible because of you, our listeners. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, people have been stepping up. Uh, we've, you know, like we had talked about in, in the past, was our threadless store that Kevin plugged last time. Yeah,
0: madlibspodcast.threadless.com. Mad if you guys want super sweet uh, Madlibs podcast gear.
1: And when you receive that gear, please let us know how it is. Uh, yeah. This is the first online store that we've decided to use. Uh it had good reviews, so we, we wanted to put out good product. If you are unsatisfied, well, A, I would be I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, but we can then adjust from there. Yeah. And then, you know, we also have our Patreon, which people are starting to jump in and support, which we patreon.com slash madlibs podcast. I was talking over. Can you say that one more time?
0: Patreon.com slash mad uh madlibs.
1: Yeah, so that was uh the first segment was brought to you by our Patreon. Yeah, thank you,
0: Patreon, and thank you to our Patreon subscribers too. Uh, uncle Jim, I'm talking about you, brother. Thanks a lot
1: So we talked fair tax. You kind of got to feel from two different sides of the spectrum that we both kind of feel that this is the proper pre- the proper path for Illinois to take right going forward. so if you are voting, you now on November third, you now know which way Kevin and I'll vote. If you have some more feedback, you know send it our way, but this is what we've gathered and how we feel about it. Uh, if you're a billionaire, you know, and you're against it, let us know.
0: Yeah. Also, check out our Patreon. <laughs>
1: uh, so, are we gonna hop right into the Hatch Act then?
0: That's up to you, Brian. We can do the Hatch Act. Yeah, I think our we... next two segments are going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit shorter. But we do, we like I said, we really wanted to cover this Hatch Act because it is in the news right now. Uh, because the Democrats have uh, began to uh, open in an inquiry. Yep, yes. Yes. And so basically the Hatch Act, um, in a nutshell, because um, there's a whole lot of, amend- not really amendments to it, but there's a lot to it, uh, basically a person in power, or a person a p- a person who works in, p- in government, mm-hmm. cannot use their office to, uh, or to further their own political gain.
1: Specifically in the executive branch Correct. as well. So it's people that are appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. So... When the president takes power, we all know about the cabinet and certain uh, judicial branch members and stuff like that. Anyone that's appointed by the president, uh, even, you know, they appoint the director of the FBI, CIA, all that, right. and in all, anyone that is appointed by the president then has to be confirmed or given office through the executive branch cannot participate in the campaigning for a current president, Correct. except the vice president and the president, him or herself.
0: Correct. Yes um and that goes as far as like you're not even allowed to like really like it on Facebook or promote it on your own personal uh, social media it's you you can't do it outside of office or outside of work really is what i should say right. um and you definitely can't do it when you're on official business and the reason we bring this up is um the rnc <laughs>
1: yeah so the rnc the reason the main reason that the Dems are opening this is a they can't go after Trump with this so finally we're not bashing Trump but at the same time he was kind of the ringleader of the RNC it's his convention but Mike Pompeo was in Jerusalem on official business and is one of those positions that's appointed by the president and confirmed by the senate and decided to speak at the RNC literally the aides in Mike Pompeo's Office were told, do not participate. You are not allowed to. He himself warned his own people working for him to not do this. And then, night two, he shows up and starts talking at the RNC.
0: While well on official business.
1: While well on official business. So, this was in direct violation of the Hatch Act. The other uh, person, I believe it was the um, Secretary of Homeland Security, is part of the naturalization, which in itself pissed me off because this is supposed to be one of the biggest days in this person's life. You are becoming an American citizen. We're the greatest country in the world, and you get to be a part of it. And here it is being used by Donald Trump in the in the RNC. And the Secretary of the Homeland Security is part of the officiant uh, officiation of officiation. He was an official of the naturalization process. Officiant. Officiant.
0: Right. I don't Google it.
1: <laughs> but the problem here is there were multiple people and that's not even right. to, to bring up some of the people that helped arrange this or fundraise for it or anything like that. So there are many, many people that are part of the executive branch that took a lot of time from their official duties to make this happen, which is essentially a waste of taxpayer dollars.
0: Yeah, and so the last person to make an amendment or make a change to the Hatch Act wasn't it Obama?
1: He was. He and do made, you know what that change was? Uh, I I do know it was supposed to make it stricter. Yeah, and it was it was leading into his second term, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, or right right as he was going into it. So it, he was essentially making it tougher on himself and mm-hmm. the Democrats who were. You know, trying to reestablish power. So uh, it, that's something that I, I give a lot of credibility or, you know, credit to him for. I think when we look at not only the Hatch Act violations, mm-hmm. the thing that upset me the most, which I think you could say was a Hatch Act violation, was the use of the White House.
0: Oh, as a backdrop?
1: Yeah. The fact that you're not supposed to use the public grounds for campaigning. Right. So he can't campaign. He can. The president cannot campaign from the White House or those federal properties that are associated with the executive branch. So when he starts going off on Joe Biden in the Rose Garden. Right. You know, an oppressor or he's talking about stuff at the RNC in front of the White House on the grounds. There's big issues going on there, and it's not only like, is this violating the Hatch Act? As a president, you set the precedent, and this is not something that should ever be repeated again.
0: I agree. I think that I could even go as far to say, uh, uh, or as far as to say that I think that um, I don't think that like former presidents should be able to endorse a candidate. I think that leads to further like. You know, always voting Dem, always voting Republican.
1: That's an interesting point. I kind of like that.
0: I think it should be the, the president and the president alone campaigning for himself, him or herself.
1: You mean like the president? So like Trump and Pence can campaign and that's yep, it? Yeah, and
0: that's it. And Biden and, and Kamala. Harris.
1: Kamala Harris, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts I, on that? I, I I kind of agree. I mean, here's the thing. Because
0: they're, the they're the ones that are going to be in charge. They're the ones that are going to be running things. I don't want to hear what somebody else has to say about you. Tell me what you're going to do.
1: Right. So the idea of other I mean, people speaking for, is the idea of endorsing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, Why do people buy Nikes? Well, Michael Jordan wore them, yeah. right? So it's supposed to be this voice of authority. But I do like what you have to say in the sense that I want to hear more about policy. Yeah. I want to hear less about, oh... Yeah. This is what I feel. I don't want that John Kasich
0: being up there. Well, that's a bad example because he's a Republican. He's a wannabe Republican. <laughs> you
1: just hate the fact that he's sad. He was at a crossroads, Brian.
0: Um, well, I don't like, want to hear. Well, I don't want you to hear. I don't want to hear somebody being like. And, and no offense to Obama, but I don't want to hear Obama being like. You know, although, hey, Obama, if you're listening, I would love to grab a beer with you.
1: Well, uh, yeah, just to listen to him speak about. I know. Anything.
0: Just like I want to hear Bernie tell me a nighttime story, I definitely want to go out and have a beer with Obama. Um, but I I don't want to hear Obama and what you have to say about Biden and all. And I guess well, maybe maybe even that's a bad example I, because he did work with. I him, was going to say, but I don't want to hear like I don't know Nancy Pelosi talk about it.
1: Well, and that's I don't want to hear Nancy Pelosi she talk at all. Anymore. She's very toxic for the Democratic Party. <laughs> oh.
0: um, Brian's putting her in the category with the Clintons.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think she needs to Clinton step away.
0: Clinton Pelosi Party of Three.
1: I think she did a good job of managing Nothing. the House. Uh, under the (laughs) Trump era, I think she, she was able to stand her ground much better than a lot of people because of her experience. I think as silly as it seems, this salon thing is a big deal to me. Like if you're going to, I, I'm not a person that like says, do as I say, not as I do. Like I say, you practice what you preach. And if you are saying, and I understand she's standing in front of a camera, she's, you know, meeting important people. You want to look your best. I have no problem with that. Why are you going to pay someone to come to you then? If like, if the salons are closed and you know it's by your order, essentially, I have issue. Yeah, that's a whole digression. We can cover that in another podcast. Saloning, <laughs> but the big news surrounding Trump isn't necessarily the Hatch Act anymore. It was the Dems opening an inquiry a couple of days ago. It was like, holy cow, Kevin, we should probably talk about this. And you're like, yeah, we should. And then I was like, Holy shit, Kevin, today. I was like, Holy shit, we need to talk about Trump's tapes.
0: And Brian, I know this is something that you've actually been waiting to talk about all night. Because you've been talking to me about it all day.
1: <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people, including like I you know, the loyalist listeners that <clears throat> comment on our Facebook page or shoot us direct messages or, or texts or whatever. So I've been talking to a lot of people about this because I, I, I think this is not just another thing that should blow over. This is like the the release of the Watergate tapes to me. This is so incredibly big that if you're still looking at this from an unbiased opinion, you're like, oh, I'm kind of on the fence. And you go with Trump after the Atlantic article after this. I I don't know what your redeeming factor is as a voter for me. So like looking, I don't judge anyone. So I don't want people to think like, Oh, I think you're a bad person if you vote Trump. But if you look at it from strictly a political standpoint, I don't understand how people are going to vote for him come November.
0: Why don't you explain it
1: now? So do you want me to play the tape? No. Well, no, that's fine. Uh, What essentially happened was Bob Woodward, is this really, really respected journalist. In fact, when I say Watergate tapes, he was the one of the two journalists that broke that case wide open. And he's since done many political bestseller nonfiction books and has been asked by presidents to be interviewed and, you know, written about written about. And Bob Woodward did the He did several books with Bush and Trump invited him in. Bob Woodward is a brand, right? And Trump really associates well with brands. That's what he respects, whether it's Goya beans or whatever, his own name. It's all about the brand. So if he was going to have a journalist essentially vindicate him, who better than Bob Woodward? And he went into this, I think, believing his charm and charisma would get him through and Woodward would essentially verify that he was a good president. Right. And that was kind of the thought process from the Trump side of things. It was what I think. But what we found out when Woodward is now releasing the book, he released some of the tapes. So when we had the Atlantic issue, the Atlantic, everyone started questioning, oh, these are anonymous sources. We don't know who they are. Well, we have the tapes that are the damning evidence against Trump. And it all has to do with his response to coronavirus. Essentially, on February 7th, the interview takes place, one of the first tapes leaked, and he talks about how the coronavirus is a very, very serious matter. He thinks that President Xi has it all taken care of in China, but goes on to say that this is not just a flu virus. He says, did you know that the flu kills 25 to 30,000 people a year? That's about 1%. This is something that could kill about 5% of the population, which when we look at it, that's about accurate. So he's already identifying just how deadly the coronavirus can be. He also talks about how it's airborne. It has nothing to do with touch. It's all about how it spreads through the air, and that makes it even more dangerous and more contagious. So that would be a great thing for a president to share with his people. That would be something a leader would do. A leader would tell his people the truth. But literally two, three weeks later, I think it was February 20th or the 28th, at a uh, South Carolina rally, he was talking about how the coronavirus was the new democratic hoax. Verbatim, he called it the democratic hoax. So we have him on tape weeks earlier saying, this is incredibly deadly. This is very dangerous. And we need to get it under wraps right away. He thinks China has it under wraps. It's going to be taken care of. We need to to do this properly. I have a really big problem with this. I understand he also said he wanted to make sure things were calm, right? If he were to present this in a way that, alarmed people. The stock market, his his bell cow of, look at what I can do, would drop and he was scared about the stock market reacting. So he wanted people to remain calm, have no sense of emergency. But the problem is, is he had no sense of urgency either. There was nothing to to start preventing f- future spread. He didn't wear a mask for six months, even though he acknowledged that it was airborne. And when doctors and scientific experts like Fauci... Started saying, we think masks would be helpful. He refused. But he knew on February 7th just how dangerous this could be. He said 5% of people could die from this. This is not the flu. And I can't tell you, Kevin, how many people I talked to saying this is just another flu because that's what he wanted to promote. Yeah, and I do want
0: to, I just, because um, I was looking up here too, I wanted to see what the actual death rate was for coronavirus. Um, and I think it's, it, what it, what I'm finding here is something around like 3.5%.
1: So it has dropped? It uh, was at 5%. Uh, well,
0: because they put out that whole thing not too long ago. And again, you know what I mean? You, you, I'll this explain is, what this, I mean. This, this, this is one of those things where it's like, we talked last week about how I really like to sit and wait until all the data is mm-hmm. in. And with something like this... Um, I don't really, I mean, I do care what the total death rate is, but to me it's like, this is definitely something that, um, I mean, it's it's something that freaked me out, especially in the beginning. Um, But uh, I know that they were saying something about what the percentage of death rate it is versus
1: percentage. 94 de- versus six.
0: Huh?
1: Are you talking about the CDC readjusting?
0: Somewhat, yeah, but I'm just saying that versus like pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. no pre-existing co- conditions.
1: So 6% of COVID deaths, had no pre-existing conditions. 94% of the deaths due to COVID also had pre-existing right. conditions.
0: I'm and not downplaying COVID. No, I know you're saying, not.
1: Okay. No, but that's an important thing because I had this discussion with family members at a gathering and stuff like that. And what I want under, what people to understand is the COVID, the coronavirus Sucks. exacerbated those those issues, right? Did some people die in hospice care or, you know, in the hospital when they were probably fading? Yes, absolutely. And sure, There, I'm sure there are many cases of that. But the problem is there were a lot that didn't. And they're saying, oh, well, these comorbidities also helped cause it. If someone gets shot, the bullet didn't kill them, The internal bleeding did. Well, the bullet was also a big factor. So... When someone has diabetes, yes, that's a comorbidity, COPD, right? Cardiovascular disease, all of these things could help attribute, but they weren't dying two weeks later because of those things. They were dying two weeks later because of COVID. They were going on ventilators. People are, you know, there are instances where people are still not recovered months later. Right. You know, they weren't losing their taste and their sense of smell because of diabetes. That's
0: what would F me up, dude, not to interrupt you. Yeah. But like losing and I maybe in the sense of smell or like the sense of smell is like, yeah, maybe I can do that, that, but not tasting things. I love food so much. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and that would. So for someone like you who is younger and healthier, there was a statistical likelihood that that's all that it would be for you. You know, you would have some chest pains yeah. and, and loss of still s- freaks s- me out. Yeah, still freaks me out. It's it, it would feel like to you almost like a flu like bug. But the problem is is you didn't know whether or not that would be the case. Even young people were dying, 30-year-olds and stuff like that. That did happen.
0: If I had the money for it, I would definitely go in and see if I have the, uh, like, if I've actually had it already. What do they call that testing?
1: Oh, the antibody testing. Thank you.
0: antibody testing. Because I had a real bad bug back in February. So my wife said the same thing. Yeah.
1: And she got it, and she was she tested negative for the antibody. She has not yeah, had it yet. I should so do it. So you can, yeah, definitely look into it. It is a little pricey, but uh, here nor there, the the main argument here for me and why it's so substantial is he downplayed this. He didn't have a proper response, although he is acknowledging on tape to a reporter. That, that it, it is a bad yeah. situation. I think, his,
0: I think his verbiage, too, is something along the lines of, like, this is not just uh, a common flu. This is not a strenuous it's far, flu. Yeah it's, yeah, it's far worse. Um, and he kept saying the same, you know, Trump words. It's very tricky. Yeah, it, it can be tr- very delicate. Yeah, very delicate, very trippy,
1: yeah. tricky. Yeah. And then we also have him saying, I think it's a month later to Bob Woodward, that, yes, he was trying to downplay it. He didn't want to cause alarm. He wanted to actually suppress. And I'm
0: not sticking up for him, but I, I mean, I, I guess I can understand that because I think there are some things. It's like when you tell a white lie to your kids, but I think this is slightly different. Yeah,
1: this is different than Santa Claus.
0: Uh, Brian. Here's
1: the and thing. And here comes the Dem and Brian. Well, no. Let her rip, kiddo. Here's the thing. When we look at it, he had an obligation as a leader to tell us the truth, so we could arm ourselves.
0: And I think that that's something not just with the coronavirus, but just in general, as a president or as a leader of a you know a country.
1: We it talked just, about yeah. Lyndon Johnson, yeah, right, signing the Civil Rights Act yes. and saying, "This is going to cost us this out. Yes. We're going to give up the party's advantage, yeah, because it's the right thing to do." Yeah, and I am questioning the Republican Party.
0: I question both parties, Brian.
1: But let's talk about the Republicans for a second. Yeah. <laughs> What are they doing that's right? Yeah. With anything right now for the last 20 years? Tell me. I mean, I mean that, I, I'm you're putting you on, me on the yeah. spot.
0: Yeah. Can I, how about next podcast? Sure. Next 20 sure. years? I'm going to write this sure. down.
1: Sure. Yeah. Because I'm. you could probably come up with No Child Left Behind, which eventually is. Oh, there's, on, there's one right there. Brian. Yeah. That absolutely <laughs> destroyed education in America for about 10 uh, years. Yeah. So, because it was underfunded it, and we went into two unnecessary wars. So we have this big issue. Well, one was unnecessary. Iraq was unnecessary. We have this huge issue with, okay, the bombshell. February 7th, he says this. February 28th, he calls it a democratic hoax and saying the Democrats are politicizing it. In that instance, who is politicizing it? He knows it's serious, and then he's telling people it's a hoax. A month later, he's talking to Bob Woodward saying, I I definitely needed to downplay it. I didn't want to cause, you know, alarm for people. I didn't want the stock markets to overreact. I didn't want the economy to tumble. And then his press secretary today said he was he would never downplay these things. He took coronavirus very seriously. So the messaging from your press secretary, the one that's going to handle your messaging for the White House is saying the exact opposite of what goes on those tapes. What he actually says, and this is a big issue with this administration, is they say one thing and then deny it later. And no one really calls them on it because it's anonymous sources or people from within the White House or whatever they want to say. Now we have it on tape and they're still denying it just like they would an anonymous source. So the question becomes, as a voter, how do you trust not only this candidate, but a party that says, we don't have a platform, we are following him into the dark. We are going wherever he wants to go. There's a big issue with that, Kevin. And for me, I really need people to not only think about, you know, November 3rd and what party could take control. It's like, at this point, we're fighting for the soul of America and I just didn't think it would be sold for so cheap. A couple extra bucks in your from your tax write-offs. Really? That's what it took. Now you're going to say, "Well, he did." I got money back in my tax write-offs. That's all it took. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Brian, I, I I don't disagree with you. I think it's something that should have come out. Um, I think you're being a little harsh. With what? Uh, mostly just di- like down, kind of like not really downing, but just uh, dis- uh, kind of dissing the Republicans there a little bit. I think there's okay. Probably not Mitt some-
1: Romney. Sorry shut up no i mean
0: (laughs) i know mitt romney's your guy and john Kasich's your guy
1: but they're the ones calling this this stuff out yeah no other republican is not one yeah they're in lockstep i think i think
0: all politicians need to be more uh more transparent sure 100 percent bry yeah for sure i don't i don't disagree with you at all i think this is terrible i think it's awful that he knew more than he was uh, than he was putting on for sure i'm right with you there yeah um I guess it's just different for me because, I mean, you know, it's not the guy that I'm voting for, and you know that.
1: But that's what I'm trying to – the message here for me is why. Why would right. someone yes. continue to stick, yes. whether it's their suckers and losers in the military, yeah. the ones that, you know, get caught or become prisoners of war and all right. that. Right, yeah,
0: we we went into this. But right.
1: Did we go into this? Yeah, we did last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have that, and then a week later we're finding out one of the biggest criticisms of Trump is his coronavirus pandemic handling and how he's downplayed so much. You're saying
0: it's 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 just adding up so much. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I, and my so question quickly.
1: is, is you know, they tout, oh, we had the largest jobs growth in how long? Like we, we Can I gained- tell you can I
0: tell you what the, I think the real problem is? Sure. And I say this all the time, I've already said it once in this episode. What? I think it's because people who are Republican vote Republican and people who are Democrat vote Democrat.
1: But we're we're seeing a shift.
0: thank, thank God.
1: Right. Thank you. But we're seeing a shift because now it's not only just, oh, one Kasich or Vernon Jones, Democrat no, going I, and hey, yeah, yeah, You yeah. have the Lincoln Project. Right. Which is probably the one of the most impressive things about Republicans, have been their ability to just go out and win. And the guys behind the messaging for those things have already said Trump needs to go, and they are supporting the Democrats. And it's not only Trump that needs to go. They're going after anyone that has supported this because they are true Republicans. They are conservatives. They're not Trumpers, right? Yeah. There's a difference between a Trump Republican well, just, just and like, the party of Lincoln. Right,
0: right. Just like there's a difference between, like, what I would consider true liberals and, like, modern liberals. I'm just trying to play both sides of the coin. No,
1: I do. I, I agree with that. Like, Yeah. There's, yeah, like, there's the progressive and the moderate and and, and, and there's
0: the the same thing on the on the right side same thing on the right
1: but here's the thing with with that in particular is the majority of the republican party the people that have been there before trump like if there was this influx of of candidates that stuck with trump which there are right but you had the mcconnell's the rand paul's the trey Gowdies. All of these people vouching for Trump over and over. Lindsey Graham, did Trey Gowdy, did, did yeah, did he really, really? Yeah. And even uh, in twenty twenty, well, he's he's not in office. Anymore.
0: No, I know, but he's still. I know, don't know what he's. He, a, he,
1: I don't think he's talked since. Like he's I said gone last time, I
0: don't. I don't. I, well, he's been on Fox News a couple of times. Okay,
1: probably supporting Trump. I haven't seen him. I don't. Watch I don't think Fox
0: so. News. It was different. It was different things, but
1: so, uh, you have like Lindsey Graham, who yeah. in twenty sixteen said Trump was not a Republican. Right. And now is like his biggest backer. And we see the Lincoln Project going after them. Yeah. You know, even like a Lindsey Graham, he's not part of the presidential election, but we're going after him because he's the one supporting Trump. And they're trying to tear down the walls from within to save the party. Yeah. A party with no platform that is following this, you know, cult of personality of Trump. Like, we just want to follow him. Yeah. Can I can I back and
0: can I back you up here? Yeah. Because I want to like refocus the conversation yeah. on what we actually started talking about. Yeah. Uh not that our digression is bad because right. I love listening to you talk. Um I love
1: listening to you talk. Oh,
0: you you know what, Brian?
1: I hope our listeners do.
0: You know what? As soon as you said something about people commenting about my voice, my wife had to go out there and say <laughs> something. Which thank you, honey. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to tell you that I do I do agree with you, okay? I think this is one thing that we can agree on. Something should have been done sooner. Something should have been said. Um, and it should not have been hidden from us just like aliens. <laughs> that was partially serious, partially joking. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to make you laugh a little bit.
1: I, I do think, for me personally, this is as big as Watergate. Yeah. To say, to say I, yeah, you could have know. done more. Right. And it's not just like, what could he have done, right? He could have told people to wear masks. They probably would have if they were supporters of him. Oh, yeah. Right. But he couldn't, there were certain things he could and could not do. But there was literally no leadership. Here's the
0: thing, Brian. Yeah. People need to lead with empathy.
1: Why? I mean, that, no, I mean, that seriously, because
0: I know you always say that. Yeah. But I I think you're, I think, you know what I mean? Here's where I think it's, you know what I mean? This, it, it rings very true here. I think that, um, something that we brought up, I don't know if it was the last podcast or the Mm -hmm. podcast, no, it was was the healthcare podcast. Okay. Okay. We need to care about our, our fellow human beings. Yeah. Okay. People differ on ideology, both, you know, whether it's religious, political, whatever, economical, you know what I mean? But still like well being is number one. You know right. what I mean? Anything you can do to help the well being of yourself and other people right. is good. Right. And I think that's what we need to focus on. And that's what and that's what our politicians need to focus on. And then we as voters then need to vote for the politicians who are um who have our, our true best interests in mind. You know what I mean? Despite the party lines.
1: And so this, I, this and, no, I agree. Yeah. And this you're Probably going to roll your eyes at me. Probably. But <laughs> I don't see that coming from one side. I do see attempts from hey, another. Hey,
0: I was trying to keep this
1: bipartisan here. I know you were. Yeah. But that's the thing. I want hey, it to and be that's bipartisan. Why, and, that's why, and that's why, you
0: that's, know what? This year, November 3rd, 2020, go out there, vote Libertarian. Tulsi <laughs> Gabbard, what's up, baby? She's
1: not Libertarian. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. She just doesn't know it. I think... We see one side trying. Are they always successful? God, no. But I think you see at least motions to try and do things that are going to. And I hear what you're.
0: And I hear what you're saying. But I'm just telling you right now. Let's leave it there. Drop the. What's in your? Nothing. (laughs) Brian's looking at his his uh, water. Like there was something in it, and I was very concerned. cool. Cool. (laughs)
1: i fed a little bug
0: you know what now Um, it's a protein as well as a bartender server as soon as somebody looks down at their drink i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) there's lipstick on there for sure (laughs) despite your party yeah despite your beliefs so i vote for who you believe in and for who you trust and you know what and vote for this podcast to win i'm and you know
1: brian i'm cutting you out no i getting going kidding go on. oh no I, I i agree i i do i always say at least go out and vote like if yeah. you disagree with me great let's have a discussion and if you feel differently great if not great like we had a discussion you were at least civil you right. and i disagree on things uh even this like i know you feel like i'm a hyper hyperbolic in this like i I, th- I think this is the biggest deal and i do like yeah. i think he could have saved thousands and thousands and thousands am of lives i not disagreeing with you oh okay yeah so i think it's you know i'm just the equivalent of of a watergate scandal
0: uh, and hey I
1: respe- so i i don't no, so your that's what yeah. i'm saying you're i respect your right it. to say that yeah right you're yeah. respecting it and, yeah. and that's i do encourage that among all people so i'm not going to say you have to vote one way or another. I would love to hear from uh a Trump supporter that might listen to us and say you know here's why or if you were going to vote Trump and no you no longer are I would love to hear that I would why love too. to hear yeah. that Um I think a lot of people are sticking in their camp so it's really yeah. a fight for the the center
0: And that's the problem I have with again and that's, that's, why, that's one big problem I have with this whole thing Yeah
1: That's why you know the Lincoln Project I think has been one of the most Interesting parts of this political season is how these incredible Republican strategists have gone after Trump, and it's they swing real low sometimes, like they mm-hmm. have when they were you know doing publicity for the Republican Party. Yeah, Uh, and that's something the Democrats don't do. And I think it was I think it was Rick Wilson said we swing low so you don't have to. Like they do yeah. the dirty work, so okay. the Democrats and if I don't may, have to. If
0: I may, yeah we started this podcast talking about, uh, very presidential. I'm going to end it with us talking about very presidential because it was, uh, Jefferson who started like the whole, like go low campaign. And it wasn't, that was kind of like, uh, Oh, it
1: was hush hush. He got calendar to do it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Which by the way, um, I think my buddy Jim does listen to this show and his name is actually James calendar.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If he's
1: related. whoo you're, I feel
0: for your dog. Yeah. You've had a <laughs> hell of a line. Um, but yeah, no, I just want to throw that back out there again. Because it was Jefferson. He, yeah, again, he pay, he paid basically um
1: a man to. A journalist trash. at the time. Yeah, yeah, to trash
0: talk and then didn't support him at all. Yeah. God damn you, Jefferson.
1: You know, every time we hear, we watch like, or listen to those podcasts, we yeah. talk about them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a little bit Trumpian.
0: Oh, God. You know what I really liked, though? Yeah. Because I'm such a big fan of Hamilton the musical. Yeah. Is that uh, they talked about how Jefferson had this giant statue built in his honor, yeah, and then built a very small statue of Hamilton <laughs> next to him because he was like his biggest uh, rival. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. All right. Well, you guys, we're gonna cut it off there. We're uh, over an hour now, but we we appreciate you guys listening. Remember to, uh, you know, if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, hit us up on Facebook. Make sure you like us, share us, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Please we- keep sharing. Yeah, we do have, a, like we said, we have a Threadless account. It's uh, madlibspodcast.threadless.com if you guys want to get shirts, T-shirts. Um, masks. Masks. We, we have masks the, on the score. there. Yeah, the score. I'm, yeah. I'm so pumped. Because we are them. here to prevent coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, and then also on uh, Patreon. Percent. Look us up on Patreon. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Don't be so posh. Uh, <laughs> look us up on Patreon, too. Madlibs Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys on Sunday. Thanks so much. All right. Hey, guys, it's Kevin and Brian. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Mad Libs podcast. We really appreciate you guys' uh, time. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media.
1: That includes Mad Libs podcast on Instagram, Mad Libs podcast on Facebook. And feel free to email us with any comments or questions at madlibs_pod pod at gmail.com.
0: Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you listening.